This time each and every Friday, every Arab Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Bo. I like to call Parshas Bo that with this Parsha we are off and running. What does that mean? It means that now we have many, many mitzvos, and with this week's parsha, we actually fulfill that which Rashi begins his commentary to the Torah. On the verse, Parashas Bora Elokim, where the Torah goes through and enumerates creation and the book of Parashas, the lives and the many lessons that we learn from the history of our nationhood. Rashi says, wait a minute, is not the Torah our constitution? And therefore, should the Torah not begin with this week's parasha of Parshas Bo and beginning with chapter 12, where you have the mitzvot, beginning with the mitzvah of HaChodesh HaZelochem, the uniqueness of the Jewish calendar. And Rashi tells us why we are given the book of Bereshis. But we should realize the significance of this parsha. that with this parsha we have, according to the Chinuch, no less than 20 mitzvos, nine positive mitzvos and 11 mitzvos of thou shalt not. Now, uh, as we study each and every year, you are to realize aim base medrash below chidush. There is no such thing as studying without always finding more excitement, new levels of understanding and interpretation. So to begin with, the very first mitzvah in this parsha of Achorish Hazelochem, the Jewish calendar, how many mitzvos is it? Now what does that mean? According to the Rambam, this mitzvah includes a the monthly sanctification of the month the declaration of the month by the Bezdin Hagadol in Yerushalayim the if you want to call it the Supreme Court or the Sanhedrin in Jerusalem their emissaries proclaimed the new month Yesterday was Rosh Chodesh Shvat, and that monthly is a mitzvah on the Jewish community, specifically the Sanhedrin, acting on behalf of the Jewish community, to declare Rosh Chodesh. And the Rambam says included in this mitzvah is as well the obligation to keep in sync the lunar calendar, which is the calendar which is unique to the Jewish nation, as well as the solar calendar. The lunar calendar is 11 days shorter, 354 days, as opposed to 365 days in the solar calendar. Every year we're going to be 11 days behind. What's the problem? Well, after 7 or 8 years, you're 77 days or 88 days earlier than springtime to observe the holiday of Pesach. And the Torah says 
in no less than three places in the Torah, be careful to make sure that you observe the holiday of Pesach in the springtime. Hence the necessity to adjust the calendar as this year is a leap year, meaning that we have two Adars. And so, according to the Rambam, all this is included in the first mitzvah of this week's parsha of HaChodesh HaZelochem. The Ramban Nachmanides respectfully disagrees. And he says that they are two separate biblical mitzvos, one the mitzvah of Kiddush HaChodesh, declaring Rosh Chodesh each and every month, and a separate mitzvah to adjust the years and calendar when need be to have that leap year. I'd like to focus this morning on a very interesting, on the one hand, technical observation of the Mesha Chachma, but the lesson that accrues therefrom, I think, is very important and fundamental to appreciating this week's parsha. In chapter 12, we have many of the mitzvos of Pesach. We have the mitzvah of the Karban Pesach, the Paschal Lamb. We have the mitzvah of eating matzah. And the Torah speaks in this parsha of those mitzvos that were unique to the very first and only Pesach that we observed in Mitzrayim, such as placing the blood on the doorposts and on the lentil of the homes. And this is not one of the 613 mitzvos, because by definition, a mitzvah has to be lidoros, observed in all future subsequent generations. And this was only done once in Egypt. So you have in this week's parasha, both that which was done on the night of the first Pesach, as well as that which is halacha, Jewish law, for Pesach Doros throughout the centuries. So I'd like for you to take to the table tonight the Chumash, open up to chapter 12, and let's contrast verse 9 and verse 10. Now, these verses apply both to the first Pesach in Egypt, as well as Pesach Doros throughout the generations. Verse 9 tells us that the Korban Pesach, the Paschal Lamb, has to be eaten specifically. It is to be Tzli Eish. It is to be roasted. And Al Tochlu Mimenu no. You shall not eat it raw or even partially and only partially roasted or cooked in water. It's only to be eaten roasted over fire. That is verse 9. And it begins with the word Allah. If you look at verse 10, the Torah teaches us, You are not to leave any of the korban over until the morning. Okay, now this is another halacha for the first Pesach and for future generations. The question that the Beshechachma asks is why? Why does verse 9 begin with the word al-don't? 
and verse 10, beginning with the more familiar usage of velo and you shall not, if they both mean the exact thing. Proof that they mean the exact thing, the Targum Unculus explains al tochlu as lo seichlun, thou shalt not, and the lo sosiru, again, the lo sash arun, don't leave over. Both words, al and lo, mean the exact same thing as to thou shalt not. However, there are two different words. Now you might say to yourself, come on, when we were all taught how to write a composition, they told us not to repeat the same word twice. Good. Is it simply a stylistic change, or might it be much deeper and more profound? Suggest the Meshachachma something brilliant. He says as follows, verse 9 is talking in Egypt prior to to Chatzos, prior to mid-the-night. Now let's understand what's happening. Put yourself, please God, at the Pesach Seder. So you know, and I know, that every year at the Pesach Seder, when someone should ask us, our children, grandchildren, a stranger who might be new to the Seder, what are you celebrating? So we know a very clear answer. We were once enslaved to Pharaoh in Egypt, and God freed us on this night. Yes, that's true, but when did that happen? That happened, as we'll see in a moment, after mid-the-night. Prior to mid-the-night, the very first Pesach Seder, if you were to ask them, what are you celebrating? They were celebrating what's going to happen in the future. It was a meal of emuna, of great faith that this would be happening. And so at that point, we were not yet freed. In verse 9, which tells us how to eat the meat of the Korban Pesach. However, what happened in verse 10? Verse 10, the Torah says, don't leave it over for the morning. This is happening, says the Meshachachma, post-chatzos, post-mid-the-night. The Torah tells us later on in chapter 12, and it was at mid-the-night that God literally struck down and smote, killed each firstborn in Mitzrayim. What followed immediately is that Paro jumps up, and as Rashi tells us, out of bed, and in verse 31 in this chapter 12, he says to Moshe and Aaron, Kumu, get up! Get out from my people. Gamatem, you, Moshe and Aaron, the troublemakers that you are. Gam b'nei Yisrael, even the entire children of Israel. At that moment, we were freed. Ah, if we are freed at midnight, well, what's happening? As soon as we are freed, then you must turn, my friends, till the end of the book of Vayikra. At the end of the book of Ayikra, at the end of Parshas Bahar, in chapter 25, Pasuk 55, the Torah says, Wow, Kili b'nei Yisrael avodim. To me are the Jewish nation, 
the Jewish people are servants to me, God says, Avodaiheim, they are my servants, Asherotsesio Sam Meyeris Mitzrayim, whom I have taken out of the land of Egypt. In other words, we all know that we were freed on this night of Pesach. We were no longer slaves to Paro. What we are being taught in this 10th verse by the usage of the word the low is that now we became immediately from slaves to the wicked Paro, we became servants to the loving God. Prior to mid the night, we were still in Paro's domain. And therefore, what does God ask of us? Al tochlumi The word al is translated more properly, please don't. God is saying to the Jewish people in Egypt, do me a favor. Technically speaking, you don't have to accept my laws yet, because you are still under Paro's dominion, but please do me a favor. Pasuk 10, which is taking place after mid the night, ah, we are literally in his capital H, Hashem's domain, he can therefore dictate and order us and give us his laws, and he does. And he says, You are not to leave it over to the morning. It's a very interesting observation, but it's much more profound. It's telling us that on the night of Pesach, when we were freed, we were entered and became his servants, and as the rabbis tell us, based upon the Mishnah in the sixth chapter of Avos, Elocha ben Chorin, who is the really free man, the one who is Osei Torah, the one who's involved in Torah. And that, at first glance, seems so counterintuitive. One would think that a person is free to do what they want, but within the Halacha we know there are so many do's and so many don'ts. Is that really considered freedom? And the answer is yes. I'll give you a simple example, my friend. We we have become so addicted and not only to our desires in general but very specifically how many have become slaves and addicted to the workforce how we become addicted to technology ask yourself unless you turn that cell phone off during the davening during the week how difficult is it when even when it's on vibrate not to take a look how difficult is it not to use your cell phone and your smartphone and all your other phones during Chazor shots when the various emails are coming in. We have literally become enslaved to technology. When we say, there's no free man, Shabbos, literally, we become disconnected. And Shabbos, we really do attain our freedom to who am I and my personality, because with all due respect, I am not my emails. But yet we have become so attached and identified and connected and enslaved to this that we have a better appreciation of what it means to be free men when it comes to this week's Parsha in the contrast of two rather similar words. They're spelled just inverted. Aleph Lamed, Lamed Aleph. Aleph Lamed Al, Hashem is saying please because we're not yet freed. What happened at mid the night is that we became Baruch Hashem and forever 
God's servants. Shabbat Shalom to all.